Hi, this is your host, Grace Jensen. Being a newlywed is such a fun time of life, isn't it? But from personal experience, I know it can come with some pretty hard moments too. I passionately believe that this phase is an important time to create a solid foundation for your marriage. So let's have some newlywed real talk from the little stuff to the big stuff. Hey, I'm grateful you are here. First and foremost, I hope you know that quite often I think about how you could be listening to any podcast under the sun, any audiobook, any song, and so many of you choose to come here to the Newlywed Show and to try and build the best foundation for your marriages that you can. And I don't take that lightly. And I really appreciate it. We are actually coming up on 20,000 downloads for the podcast, which is mind boggling to me as somebody who has done this 98% on my own and <laughs> doesn't have a podcast network behind me or anything that's just like tried to show up here and um, offer to you the best things that I can find. So thank you. That being said, I have worked really hard on this week's episode and I honestly said a very sincere prayer before I started recording that this could hopefully be helpful for some of you and not hurtful. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be talking about infertility. It's National Infertility Awareness Week. And really what I wish I could do is just sit down with every single one of you who are experiencing this or uh, are worried that you are going to experience this and just give you huge hugs and listen to your stories and love on you. But I can't do that. Hopefully I will be able to with some of you someday, uh, but I can't do that right now. And so hopefully this will be as helpful of a substitute as I could create. Also, normally I have a little notepad next to me that I can jot down timestamps where I need to go edit things, but I've got a little bit of a different recording set up this week and so I don't have that. So I don't think there'll be a lot of editing on this. Hopefully you can forgive me for that. So let's dive in. First off, I want to be really upfront that Zach and I have not experienced infertility. And um, once again, that has weighed really heavily on me as I prepared this episode. Um, and I recognize how, I mean, really like the place of privilege that I'm coming from and discussing this. Um, but I've tried really hard to be sensitive. And we know so many of our friends who have struggled to get pregnant, struggled to struggle to stay pregnant. Both of my best, closest friends have had miscarriages. Uh, one of them had a late-term pregnancy loss. And so I have um, cried a lot of tears over other people's struggles on this topic. And I also, because of actually two different genetic mutations slash disorders that I have, growing up assumed that I would struggle with infertility and it weighed really heavily on me for years. 
I can't tell you how many hours and hours of my life I have spent studying uh, fertility and the female reproductive system and cycle tracking and just doing everything that I could to try and optimize my chances. And we were honestly floored when we didn't struggle with it. I mean, even in just talking about when we wanted to start trying to have a baby, that possibility of dealing with infertility just really, really weighed um, on us. And it made it a, a trickier conversation to have and a trickier decision to make. Um, and when we did finally decide to try and get pregnant with Jackie, just in those, you know, that those couple weeks between when we decided, all right, we're officially going to start trying to when we found out we were pregnant, that potential weighed so heavily on me from day to day that I have so much respect and reverence for the couples that experience that um, that heavy wondering and waiting from month after month after pregnancy loss after pregnancy loss. So to begin, I wanted to talk about the medical definition of infertility. And this is something that I didn't know for a long time with even with as much as I knew that I could deal with it. Uh, so according to the Mayo Clinic, the definition is not getting pregnant despite having carefully timed unprotected sex for one year. But of course, beyond what the Mayo Clinic says the definition is, there is an even larger community of couples who have experienced miscarriage or current miscarriages that I think very much um, are a part of this infertility community, even though it may not be the technical definition. Um, and according to the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, Fertility is um, really common. About 9% of men and 11% of women of reproductive age in the U.S. have experienced fertility problems. And in one-third of infertile couples, the fertility issues with the man. With another one-third, it's with the woman. And in the last third, the problem either can't be identified or could be with both the man and the woman. And so... That is a giant thing <laughs> that I, if there's like, if I could like snap my finger and change one thing about the way that people think about infertility, besides people thinking that it's their own fault when they struggle with it, just in terms of general knowledge, I would say I really, really wish that we all understood that it is just as likely to be an issue with the man as the woman. And I think that that's starting to become a little bit more understood. I also gathered some quotes from different celebrities who have talked about experiencing infertility. Um, talking about constant questions about when she and John Legend were going to start a family. Chrissy Teigen said, it's a sweet question. It comes from a good place, but sometimes you never know what the person is going through. What you really want to say is I'm trying and I can't. Michelle Obama said, I felt like I failed because I didn't know how common miscarriages were because we don't talk about them. We sit on our own pain thinking that somehow we're broken. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's important to talk to young mothers about the fact that miscarriages happen and the biological clock is real. The former first lady had her daughters, Malia and Sasha, through IVF after experiencing some issues conceiving. 
I realized that as I was 34 and 35, we had to do IVF. Anne Hathaway said, I really like the point she makes here. I think that we have a very one size fits all approach to getting pregnant. You get pregnant and for the majority of cases, this is a really happy time. But a lot of people who are trying to get pregnant, that's not really the story or that's one part of the story. And the steps that lead up to that part of the story are really painful and very isolating and full of self-doubt. And I went through that. And this last one, there's something especially significant in that I will, I'll point out. Gordon Ramsay's wife, Tana Ramsay said, I suffer from polycystic ovaries and Gordon has a low sperm count, which is probably down to the kitchen, the hours to stress the heat. So we had IVF um, to conceive Megan, now 21, which made me feel like a complete failure. I could find so many female celebrities talking about dealing with infertility. And I found maybe three or four where like the husbands talked about infertility. And I could only find this one about Gordon Ramsay that specifically said that Gordon was also part of the issue with fertility. And that made me really sad <laughs> um, because I think that if more men were willing to speak out about their role in dealing with infertility, um, I, I think that that would make it a lot less stigmatized for men to be willing to go get tested and, um, and hopefully help the woman feel less of that burden. Like, well, it has to be on me because I've never heard of, you know, men having issues with their fertility. So I'm really grateful that Tana said that. Um, also just as a side note, she mentioned, uh, it's probably down to the kitchen, the hours to stress the heat actually, <laughs> um, men's genitals being too warm for too long periods of time does lower sperm count. And so sometimes when people work like heavy machinery and construction or things where they're really hot for long periods of time, that can actually be an issue. Um, just kind of a random fact there. Okay, so from here, I want to go into uh, something that's a little bit more like, I don't know if clinical is the right word, but in my family adaptation and resiliency class for my bachelor's, which I am so close to getting, I actually uh, put together like a workshop for couples who may be dealing with infertility or um, could potentially deal with infertility someday. And so I'm going to kind of give an overview of, of that right now. So first and foremost, I want to talk about the ABCX model of, um, stress resilience. And so, and it's written ABC altogether and then dash X. So think of it like an equation where A plus B plus C equals X and A is just objectively the thing that you're dealing with. So in this case, it would be infertility, a miscarriage, multiple miscarriages, not getting pregnant, you know, insert whatever your specific issue is, or even being concerned that you're going to struggle with fertility because of, you know, you have PCOS or endometriosis or things like that. Um, so that's what A is. It's just objectively like what is. B is your interpretation of A. So B is how do you think 
slash feel about your infertility or your potential to deal with infertility. And C is the resources that you have and are using. Um, And all of that, when you put that all together, equals X, which is the stress that you actually experience. Because if you think about it, we all know people who have gone through the same hard experiences and but experienced them very differently. And so there are a lot of these different frameworks within the social sciences to um, kind of help understand and, and work through and try and help people experience things with the least amount of um, bad stress possible, so to speak. Um, so ABCX is just the one that I chose to talk about right now. So that's the issue, how you interpret the issue, how you feel about the issue, and then the resources that you use to address the issue and all of that factors into the stress that you actually experience. So, um, and as with all things, when there's a couple involved, you both kind of have your own ABCX model going on. And then there's the ABCX model that you experience as a couple. And so as I talk about these things, there are going to be things that you as an individual need to do some self-reflection and figure out. And then there are things that you'll need to figure out how to address between the two of you um, as a couple. So, and on that note, um, one of the biggest contributors to how your marriage is going to weather infertility is the level of congruence that you both can come to. And congruence is basically just science speak for the level of unity on the significance of infertility in your lives and what you want to do about it. Now, this doesn't mean that you always have to like feel the exact same way or like agree on every little thing, but you need to be able to see each other's point of view and support each other through the different emotions that you may be having and ultimately come to an agreement on how to proceed. And infertility really can be something that brings your relationship closer together or drives you apart. And it may do both at different times in your marriage. So be aware of that. So we know what A is, infertility, whatever your specific situation is or may be. Let's go to B, how you feel about the infertility. So I think it's really important here to do a lot of self-reflection because I've talked with people who didn't realize all of the assumptions they had around infertility until they started experiencing it. Um, do you feel that if you have been a good person up to this, that you won't deal with infertility? Do you feel that if you struggle with infertility, you're just not meant to have kids? Um, do you feel like it might mean that God isn't pleased with you? I'm not saying any of these things are true, but it's really important to identify these feelings that you have, even if it might be incredibly painful to recognize them and to say them out loud. Um, it's important to recognize because whether you want to look at, stare it down or not, it's affecting how you're experiencing this. Um, and also, are you open to adoption or do you feel like you have to have your own biological children? And what would your feelings be if the infertility issue lay with you, um, versus your spouse 
you know, like if you feel like you're really hard on yourself, if you, if the infertility issue lies with you, we'll think about like, how would you feel if it laid with your, uh, with your spouse? Did I just say that right? I may have just flipped that back and forth, but if you're really hard on yourself, if the infertility issue is with you, if you think about if it was your spouse who had the issue with the infertility, like, would you be as hard on them as you are on yourself? Um, or are you really struggling with the fact that you feel like your spouse won't even consider that it could be with them and thus you feel like you have to take it more on your shoulders to fix yourself because they are not, or maybe in denial that there could be anything that they could do to help increase their fertility. So I think that all of this, it's a great opportunity to, um, I mean, kind of schedule some time and sit down and talk about it with your spouse. I think it's some excellent things to journal about if you want to. And, and really just, once again, be aware of. I think if we can kind of have these things in our back pocket before we're ever dealing with infertility, it can help us um, as we move into that hard space. So maybe you're not thinking about kids right now, but you're worried about in the future or you, you want kids in the future and you know, you, you just don't know if you're going to be fertile until you're there. Um, I would still think about these things, even if you're a couple years off from having kids. Now let's talk about resources. Um, we'll talk about some more logistical resources in a second, but I think it's important to to expect that you will have a roller coaster of emotions. There's this very much a hope grief cycle that happens in infertility and it's unique um, from a lot of other kind of grieving processes in that in infertility, the hope and grief compounds, right? And so, um, you know, if you have your fourth miscarriage, the grief that you're experiencing there is going to be compounded more than the grief from your first miscarriage. Um, and then hopes too, you know, like you'll probably get your hope, the way you experience hope will change, um, as just depending on the things that you go through. And I think once again, it's important to you that you are aware of and tap into your resources and help them help you. And so talk about, talk with your spouse about who, how open you want to be about your infertility, what aspects of it you may want to be open about. And then when you do tell friends and family, if there is anything specific that you would or would not like from them, I think it's important to tell them because your friends and family love you and are going to want to help you in any way that they can. And so if you maybe don't want to hear about friends are getting pregnant right now. Or if you're like, you know, I like still want to be invited to baby showers. I am so excited for you. I want to talk about pregnancy, all of that. Then let them know that so that they, cause they are so going to want to be there for you, but you're the only person that knows what you need and what you need may change from month to month. So I think it is okay to be clear and communicating that to the people around you. And I think they will understand um, if what you need changes. And then, um, I think that it can be really helpful to kind of get a grasp on like the main medical and adoption routes you have available to you. 
Um, how interested are you in going down more of a homeopathic or Eastern medicine route in um, doing fertility? How much do you want to dive into um, tracking your own cycle versus doing ovulation strips? Um, are you interested in doing intrauterine? Um, oh, wow. Is it called inter? Oh, insemination. There you go. Um, versus IVF or do you not want to do that? Would you rather adopt? Like how far down having by the biological children route are you interested in going before you do adoption? And then also we have this um, concept a lot of times that adoption is super expensive and it is, but depending on how you want to adopt um, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And so I think that's another thing to think about and be aware of in terms of do we have the resources to potentially to be putting aside money right now for IVF or adoption if it comes to that? Or um, do I want to start tapping into like foster care networks if that might be something that I'm interested in someday? So like just be aware of all of those things um, so that as you reach different stages in your fertility um, journey that you can have them to lean up against. So, um, once again, it's okay that how you're feeling will probably change from day to day. Um, but I really, really hope that you do the, do the work of looking at your own assumptions that you have about infertility and about yourself if you are struggling with infertility and know that you are whole and that you are not broken and that any child you have will be so lucky to have you. Uh, also, if any of you listened to, well, well, for those of you, I know a lot of you did, um, listen to episode 36 uh, with my dear friend, Sophie Jacobson, who actually ended up being uh, my doula when Faith was born. After we recorded that episode, I confided in her that we were trying to get pregnant um, and shared with her some of my fears about you know, having a miscarriage, um, just because I, I just never take for granted. I know miscarriage is so common and I just, I never take for granted that when I do get pregnant, that I'm going to be able to keep the pregnancy. Um, and we had a really excellent conversation where, um, she helped me kind of know better what to expect if I did have a miscarriage. And she also has a super, super helpful blog post on her website. I will link it in the show notes. But um, if you go to themotherseed.com and um, just type in miscarriage stories in the search bar, it'll take it to you as well, where there are six different women that have written out their miscarriage experiences. Some of them are long, some of them are short. But I think, I think we're getting better about talking about um, miscarriages and knowing how common they are. But I still think that there's so much of like the details of experiencing it um, that I think there can be an added layer of trauma in experiencing it when you don't know what to expect. And so I'm really grateful for that Sophie um, 
put this blog post together and for the women, I believe they're all anonymous, um, who were willing to share their stories. Um, so I, I would really highly recommend that as well. And then, um, really this week being infertility awareness week, I, uh, hope that you all get what you need this week, whether that is whatever that may be for you really personally, whether that's, um, knowing what the next step is or finding community. Um, I just hope you really feel that you are loved and you are whole and you are not alone. And I so hope and pray that this is something that can bring you and your spouse closer together and help you love on each other fiercer. Um, and help you get to know each other better. So it's, I mean, I almost just want to leave you all with a prayer. Please just know that, that really you are so loved and you have people in your life that want to support you. Um, I am actually not going to do the normal closing little thing that I do here. I need to change both the intro and the outro that I put on the episodes. But just so you know, um, I have actually decided to stop updating the Newlywed Show account just because I only have so many hours a day and so much energy. And so I will be putting everything on my at Grace W. Jensen account on Instagram. And that's Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N. And so that's where I'll post about new episodes. I also have a phone number that you can text me on. And, um, you, this number comes directly to me. So you can tell me what you think about certain episodes, or if you have questions or ideas for an episode that you would like to see me do. Also, if you text me what podcast app you listen to the show on, so whether it's Spotify or Apple or whatever, I can send you the direct link for that episode. So I think this would be especially great for those of you who are like newer to podcasts, don't know your way around podcast apps as well. Uh, The phone number is, you ready? And I will also post this on my, um, on my Instagram stories tomorrow. Well, tomorrow being today when this episode is released, 760-280-6174. That's 760-280-6174. And of course, you can always DM me for it as well. And I would be so happy to give it to you. So tune in to at Grace W. Jensen for all the newlywed show updates as well as personal life updates. Um, And then go ahead and text that number. And I would love to chat with you all there. Have a good week.